Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wind Down Wednesdays. I'm your host, Paula Taylor, and this is episode 149. And it's been a while since I've said this, so I just want to remind you that if you're enjoying the show, I would love you to support it. And there's lots of ways you can do that. Tell a friend about it. Share it on social media. If you're listening to the podcast, you can follow the show and you can also leave ratings and reviews depending on where you're listening. And then you can also support the show financially by donating directly to me. Go to paulataylorenergy.com. On the podcast page, there is a link to donate through PayPal. So thank you for supporting it in whatever way you choose, whether you're just watching or listening or you choose to take some of those extra steps. I very much appreciate it. So I've had a few conversations recently that led me to decide to do this show today. So our topic today is about how trauma healing leads to spiritual awakening. And, and I've had a couple of conversations with people, and I've also, I've had a couple people recently kind of ask me what I do, and and then sort of react like, it's, it seems like these things don't relate, because I have kind of three sort of areas of focus in, in my work. One of them is trauma healing, and specifically trauma release from the physical body, energetic trauma release or somatic release. And then one area of focus is teaching energy work, whether it's giving some basic energetic literacy to people, just lay people, as you might say, or actually training energetic practitioners. And then the other portion of my work is spiritual awakening work. And and on the surface, those things may seem like they're unconnected, but they're very inextricably linked. And I decided to do a whole show where we kind of talk about that. And I have a good story about it tonight as well. But let's focus to start with on this idea of how does trauma healing lead to spiritual awakening? Because there's a fairly typical path this tends to take for many people. And again, there's always going to be outliers, but this this is a pretty typical path that happens for most people, how trauma healing leads to spiritual awakening. So let's talk a little bit first about how does trauma healing tend to start? What tends to happen for people is that there is either an event in your life, there's something that precipitates this, or there's this general kind of building feeling of things being wrong, of being unhappy, of feeling unfulfilled, of of having difficulty in relationships, difficulty maybe in the workplace, difficulty at home. There's, There's this feeling that things are not quite right. And maybe there's this little voice in your mind that's kind of like, I wonder if things could be better. Maybe I need help. There's, there's kind of that presentation. And then there's the presentation of sometimes there's a precipitating event. So like for me personally, my trauma healing journey began when I was 19 and I got out of a bad relationship where I wasn't treated very well. And yet I, I was very much kind of obsessed with this person and I couldn't let it go. And, and there was that little voice in my head that was kind of like, you're only 19. This should not feel like such a big deal. And I started reading about codependency. I kind of started going down this path of exploring what what being an adult child of an alcoholic looks like and how it affects you. And and so whether it's kind of a precipitating event, like, like I just mentioned, or this sort of general sort of unease or malaise or feeling of like just being off and being unable to function as well as you'd like to, what generally happens is something leads you to kind of step into what I would call an information gathering period. A lot of times that involves asking for mental health help, 
seeing a mental health practitioner. I ended up seeing my therapist who I ended up becoming my mentor, who I've talked about a lot on the show. Sometimes people, I started actually reading books and that that's where sometimes people start. Information gathering. Something feels off. I'm not sure why. I want to learn more about it. That's kind of how trauma healing tends to start for most people. And then as you start to gather this information, then it leads to more and more and more and more questions. And that's where the spiritual awakening part comes in. So I'll use myself as an example just to make it a little more tangible. So so I had this breakup. I couldn't get over it. And, and there was like this little voice in my mind that was like, you're only 19. You should be moving on. You should be enjoying your life. Like something's off here. So I went to the library and I checked out a bunch of books about codependency. We didn't have the internet. I, we kind of had the internet. It was like at the early stages. So I, I still was looking in more tangible locations. And I started reading these books, excuse me, about codependence. And I was like, oh, I feel seen like, oh, something like I see what's happening here, but I didn't know how to fix it. I was I was very overwhelmed. And that information seeking phase tends to involve a lot of overwhelm. The first few years when you're just stepping into trauma healing tends to involve a lot of overwhelm because you have a lifetime of trigger going on, of being in that state of not feeling safe for whatever reason. It takes time to unravel that. It doesn't happen overnight. So you get into this information gathering process. Maybe you reach out for help. So what happened for me, I started seeing, I got, I would say I got lucky, but I don't believe I don't believe it was a coincidence. I found a place that dealt with people who are adult children of alcoholics. I called. They asked me what I wanted treatment for. I said codependency, just kind of having read a little bit about it. Bam, got matched up with my mentor, Sherry Ford. And so that's kind of where the trauma healing begins. But what happens is, as part of that learning process, when you are when you first step into trauma healing, I started learning about what, what are the... What are the family roles in an alcoholic family? What role was I kind of playing without realizing I was in a role? Why is this considered dysfunctional? Because to you, it seems normal. It's just the way you grew up. So it's like, well, you know, what about this isn't working? Why isn't it working? You know, you start to learn these things. So there's a lot of, again, information gathering at the beginning of this. But you also start to question things. You know, why am I the way I am? That's kind of the first question. Why am I unhappy? Why is why am I behaving this way? I feel like I don't have control of that. And then you start to learn about things like triggering and things like trauma and all of that stuff. But the questions typically don't stop there. You start to end up questioning everything. What some people might call an existential crisis. What, what a lot of, I think it was Carl Jung who called it the dark night of the soul. This idea that I'm starting to question the things that were given to me that I didn't have any choice in. My core beliefs, the family values I grew up with, maybe religious things that were given to me, religious beliefs, things like that. You start to question, you know, do I really believe this? Like, And you start to understand that you've been programmed that throughout your life you've been programmed to kind of accept all of these different beliefs and you start questioning them. Well, do I really believe this? Do I really believe this? Do I really believe this? And that leads into this, these really deep questions. Who am I? 
What's the point of all of this? Why am I here? What's the purpose of life? That Those are all spiritual questions. And that is where this trauma healing journey kind of begins to morph into this spiritual journey, this journey of spiritual awakening. Who am I? What do I really believe in? Is there something larger than myself? Why am I here? Do I have a purpose? What am I meant to do? How could I feel fulfilled in my life? Those are all spiritual questions that can really only be answered by doing that kind of spiritual awakening journey. And so, so in a kind of an overarching way, trauma healing tends to lead to spiritual awakening work. But it's a little bit more nuanced than that because you never stop doing all of that work. I started this journey at 19 for myself. That's over 25 years ago now. I started working professionally with people when I was about 23, I think, 25, 25, somewhere in there. So I worked on myself for a good six, seven years, and then I started working professionally with people. I went to massage school. I got some Reiki certifications. So 20 years I've been doing that at this point. Yeah, 25 years old. Man, my math. Anyway, so this work, there is an overarching journey, trauma healing to spiritual awakening. But within this work, as someone who's done this for a really long time, personally, and now also with other people, these things never go away. Trauma healing never goes away. I'd like to tell you, like, one day you wake up and all your trauma is magically healed. That is not how it works. It deepens. Trauma healing, This I, there's a reason I call it spiritual excavation, because we're excavating things at a deeper and deeper level. We're finding underneath things, there's always more things. And that can, especially at the beginning, that can seem extremely daunting. But what happens is, as you do this work, you start to kind of develop what, like, momentum. So there's this inertia at the beginning. It's like, I've never done this before, and I'm in such a dense place, and I'm so overwhelmed. And it leads to that dark night of the soul, that existential crisis. But as you start, as you have the courage, it takes a lot of courage to do this. You, as you continue to explore, as you continue to excavate, as you reach out for help, as you begin to do some trauma release, you get help with that. Absolutely, you need help with that. Mental health help and somatic help, body work help. As you start to release some trauma frequencies from your body, you make space for spiritual expansion. So even though we're always doing trauma healing work in this spiritual journey, the expansion gets more and more and more and more, and the reward gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So I would actually say that the reward for trauma healing is spiritual expansion is beginning to develop, to develop an understanding of who am I, why am I here? What am I here for? How can I be fulfilled? Again, all spiritual questions that have to be answered through this kind of spiritual journey. And then where does energy work come into this? I mean, energy work is the glue that ties this process together. Absolutely, we've got to do the mental work. We've got to do that information gathering and that understanding. If you think about the steps of spiritual processing, you can read about that on my website, paulataylorenergy.com. Four steps to spiritual processing. The first step is awareness. That's that like precipitating event. Ah, I was in this breakup and it's terrible and I feel awful, but I shouldn't feel this bad. Why do I feel this bad? That's the awareness. Mental processing. What caused this? What's going on in my head? What are these beliefs all about? That's typically where you step into that getting help from a mental health 
practitioner. But then there's that ultimate important third step that I think even when I started this work, we really didn't understand that very well. We didn't have a word like somatic release. It didn't really exist. Or if it did, it was in like a very small group of people who understood that back at the end of the 90s. We've got to release the trauma from our physical body. It is held energetically in the physical body. The energy of trauma is held in the physical body. So we must do energetic work to release that trauma in order to fully step out of it. And then, of course, we've got to integrate that work. That's step four of, of spiritual processing. So we do this work pretty much over and over and over again. We do the trauma healing. That involves energy work. We It leads us into this kind of spiritual awakening. And then the process starts over. And it doesn't always go in that order. Things kind of get jumbled up. The longer you do this, the better you actually get at kind of getting all of these parts working together seamlessly. So I want to tell you a story about something that happened to me this week because it illustrates all three of these things. It involves trauma healing, it involves energy work, and it involves spiritual awakening. And it's funny, I went back and listened to the last couple of shows, great shows. I highly recommend that you go back and listen to them, do the meditations, repeat the meditations. But it's funny because this happens to me sometimes. When I look back at something, I realize I'm kind of talking around my own realization and then eventually I have my epiphany and then I look back and I'm like oh man I was so close I was kind of like circling this topic and then I finally pinpoint it and I get to exactly what kind of leads me to this epiphany and there's always little epiphanies along the way I talked a couple weeks ago about this epiphany about my solar plexus and then we talked about embodiment we're going to talk just a little bit more about that tonight as well and so let me tell you this story to illustrate this idea of how, how these things work together so seamlessly, trauma healing, energy work, and spiritual awakening. So I had this kind of realization a couple weeks ago about that I wasn't fully present in my solar plexus, that I wasn't embodied, I wasn't energetically occupying my solar plexus, because if you'll recall, one of the things that trauma does is that it energetically kicks us out of our body. So coming back into the body, re-embodying after as part of our trauma healing, that is energy work. And, and what is energy? It is spiritual matter. So that is where the spiritual awakening kind of comes in. Whether you like the word God, the universe, unconditional love, source, ki, chi, prana, this is that life force energy that kind of imbues everything. That is what energy work is. But it also it, it is what we are talking about when we're talking about spiritual work. Spiritual work and energy work can kind of be used interchangeably in my mind. So I had this kind of epiphany that I wasn't specifically kind of embodied in my solar plexus, especially in my cave, my sacral and solar plexus regions, the belly area. And as usual, like a few things kind of happened. And so, so at the same time, I had a flare-up of IBS symptoms, the worst since I had my surgery last year where I actually had part of my colon taken out. And, and there's, it's multifactorial. That's the other thing. These things, there's physical things, there's energetic things, there's emotional things. All of these things, it's really doesn't even really do you any good to try to separate them because they are so interwoven. You might as well just look at the full picture. So I had these physical things going on. A lot of times physical things 
are what actually draw our awareness to the area of the body we need to pay attention to, to where the trauma healing needs to happen. Because remember, the trauma is held in the physical body. So I was having all these belly problems. I was having this terrible flare-up. I almost actually went to the ER. It was pretty bad. This was last week. And the first day I couldn't even do anything. I just, I was like writhing around in pain. And then the second day it was like, okay, I need to do this spiritual excavation work. Like what is going on under the surface here? Because when there is a physical ailment, there is almost always an energetic and emotional component to that ailment. So if I can identify what those are and, and do some release work around that, then that will sometimes help the physical part of it calm down a little bit. It will help the physical part start to resolve. So I was feeling good enough to check in with my guides and, and I was like, what is going on? This is so terrible. It seemed like it came out of nowhere. Now, of course, looking back on it, I had two weeks of talking about my solar plexus and having this solar plexus activation wasn't in my mind that way at the time. I was just in pain and I was like, I need to figure out what's going on. I need to be able to function. So I started checking in just like we did in our meditation last week. I started checking in in my belly checking in in that solar plexus area. And I found all this dense energy that felt really stuck and held there. And if you've ever seen, uh, we might you might call it like a man belly or a pot belly, like the, somebody who has a big round pregnant looking belly as a man, but it's like super hard to the touch. That is the quality of this sort of stagnant energy. There's no movement. Really tight muscles have that same quality of this really stagnant kind of holding energy. So I, I was feeling in and I was like, oh man, this is really dense. What's going on? But I could tell there was something underneath it that was looking for my attention. And so I was kind of like digging down energetically, like with my awareness, like trying to figure out like what is underneath all of this like stagnation. There's something, essentially my body is trying to protect me from finding this trauma. And that is very common. We develop all sorts of ways to protect ourselves so that we can function because generally when you are experiencing trauma at the time you don't have the the tools to deal with it to process it in the moment that moment that is how it becomes trauma some people go through what seems like a very traumatic event and they come through very resiliently on the other side without a lot of after effects that is because they have the tools to process in the moment and anything can be a traumatic event. That is why anything can be a traumatic event, because it depends on the state you're in at the time this happens to you. How much capacity do you have to process in the moment? And this is not a judgment. It's, it's just the way that it is. I have a lot of capacity to process, but I still get overwhelmed. I still reach my capacity and I'm done. I can't process. And when I get to that point, that is when things start getting stored in the body as trauma. And the body kind of goes, well, we'll deal with this later. But if it's a really deep trauma, something like a core belief, something, something that really eats at us at a really deep level, the body can actually energetically begin to build protection around it. And you can see that expressed sometimes in the body as muscle tension, as holding on to weight, things like that. So I was going through this dense energy in my belly looking for what was underneath. And I finally, I found this black fist. It was like a black hole. It was like the densest, darkest, scariest energy. And I thought, 
first of all, I thought it was just a part of me because when you have experienced trauma, especially at an early age, and, and remember that trauma can be ancestral, it can be generational. So you may have been born with trauma and you didn't even experience it in this lifetime. It kind of came from generations before you or you have karmic trauma it came from a past life something like that so you're born with this trauma in your body so you've never known anything different so I found this like black fist of dense horribleness and I was like that's part of my body like what is that and why is that there and that's very scary and because it is my space anytime you encounter something in your space and you ask it what it is it must answer you that energy must tell you what it is. And so, so a little bit <laughs> trepidatiously, I was like, what is this black fist event? Like, what is this? This is like, what is it? Blah. And I got this answer back. It said, this is your self-hatred. Ha. Huh. And I was like, but I've worked so hard to let that go. And how could there still be some in there? And how could it be so big and dark and stuck? It just felt so stuck. So this is the trauma healing. This is the trauma of this, this hatred of self that I really do think all of us have at some level. It's like we're born with it. It's, I mean, I guess in a Christian terminology, it might be what some people call original sin. This idea that there there's something in us that's not good enough, right? That we just can't love, that we're not worthy of love. And again, this is generationally, I mean, since probably the very first humans has been passed down. So this is not an acquired trauma so much as it, it's a birth trauma. It's something we're born with. And most of us in this line of work spend our whole lives trying to let that go. And so I so I looked at it and I was like, ah, I don't even know what to do with this. It was so dense. And so here's where the energy work comes in and the spiritual awakening. Again, this is all kind of connected and, and spiritual work and energy work. I mean, those, those terms are interchangeable in my mind. So the first thing I started doing, just like I would do if I was in a session with a client and I found something kind of dark or gooey, it's always like, you know, sometimes we need, what is this? Where did it come from? So I had to ask, what is it? This is your self-hatred. Okay, well, I don't, I sure don't want that there anymore. I thought it was part of me, but now I have the awareness. I ha I'm at a level of trauma healing to understand that this is not part of who I am. This is not inherently me. This is not inherently anyone. Inherently, you are unconditional love and light. You are that energy, that universal energy, ki, chi, prana, God, universe, spirit. It doesn't matter what word you use for it. That is the matter you are made of, the spiritual matter you are made of. Anything other than that is trauma, is, is these things that we've accumulated that tell us that we are something other than that. So I knew right away, well, that's not really part of me because I know who I am, but I sure don't want this in me and I could... It's absolutely making these physical symptoms worse. Maybe not causing them, but making them worse. Exacerbating them. That's the word I was trying to think of. It's not something I want. I want to release this. And so that's where the energy work comes in. What kind of energy work can I do to release this? And the simplest form of energy work is always love. Just sending love to an area. Calling in love. You know, sending love with 
with your hands, that would be Reiki, channeling universal life force energy. It doesn't matter so much how you do it, except that it does. There's a nuance there as well. Because certain types of energy call for different energy to help release it. And you might be asking me, somebody asked me this question one time. Well, well, if you're if we're made of God, if we're made of this spiritual energy, why do you have to pull energy in from outside of yourself? Why do you have to do energetic work? Because everything is all just God. On a quantum level, on a spiritual level, that is true. On a physical level, that is not true here. That is why this physical plane can be so dense and difficult because there are all different types of energy here. We are here to experience all these different types of energy. And if we didn't have the opposite of love, which is fear, how would we know what love is? If everything is love, then, then you don't have an experience of anything other than love. So we have to have energies other than love so that we can understand what love is in this physical plane. And so sometimes we've got sticky energies and there's a way to move that energetically. This is what I, this is my profession, is recognizing what kind of energy that is this and how can I help it move? How can I, how can I facilitate release with this person? Because I don't do anything to somebody. I hold space and I work with them to assist them to release energy, to call in new energy. So this energy felt very, very tight and it felt very, very stuck. It was just really lodged in there. And so like I had Archangel Michael come in. And I'm like, can you pry it out with your sword? Like I was trying to figure out. But remember that I said something that has been there that long is not going to disappear instantaneously. And I tell my clients that all the time. If it took you 40 something years to, to, for this to really get cemented to the point in my body, like that I've built all this protection around it. So I didn't know it was there. It's going to take more than like 15 minutes to get rid of it or even an hour. It's going to take me some time and consistency to work with that energy because we have energetic patterns of holding. We have physical patterns of holding and we need to retrain our body, our energy body. We talk a lot about retraining our brain or retraining our body to feel safe in this show. You've got to retrain your energy to hold a different pattern. So I've been working with this area ever since first trying to trying to kind of like dislodge it a little bit, sending love to it, trying to lighten the density. And I had a beautiful sound journey last night. And as I was singing, I could just feel the energy like moving in there and I could feel this expansion. And so the result of the energy work is the spiritual awakening. Because when we release frequencies of fear, frequencies of non-love, what is left underneath is love. So what we call in after we release energy is also love. That is energy work. That is spiritual awakening. And the more love we call in, the more love we reconnect to, because remember, we are made of love, the more awakened we become. The more we have answers to those questions. Who am I really? Why am I here? What am I here to do? What is the point of all of this? If you had asked me that 25 years ago when I started this journey for myself, I would have had no answers. I don't know. I don't know. It's so frustrating. I don't know who I am. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my purpose is. So to have all those questions come up at the same time that you're just getting into trauma healing and why am I acting this way and why do I feel this and why is this so triggering for me, that is what creates that existential crisis, that feeling of the dark night of the soul. 
And it takes time to work through that. But the more you do that work, again, the more momentum you build to and the more like you get to a this happened to me this week and I was like, well, that's not great. <laughs> that's pretty scary. But also, how amazing will it be when I get through this process of transforming, transmuting, releasing this energy, whatever needs to happen to it. And then I have this beautiful, big belly space full of love and light. And it makes me even more sure I am a spiritual being. I am here to help other people awaken to their spiritual nature so that we can enjoy our lives, so that we can create a better life for society. That is what we are here for. And we all do it in different ways. Everybody's calling is different, but underneath it, we are spiritual beings here to have an experience, to learn how to love, to learn how to be loved, to learn how to hold each other because really we are all one. So for today's meditation, we're gonna stick in that solar plexus sacral chakra region, partly because that's where I'm working personally, but I'm not the only one dealing with this right now. I have a lot of clients who are also kind of in this sort of density of trying to release some things in these first three chakras. These are like the physical chakras survival, sickness, things like that. These really dense, I know I just talked to someone today, we were talking about a lot of people have had deaths in the family and family members who are sick or they've been sick themselves. A lot of physical stuff going on right now that's ready to be released, that we're being asked to be brave enough to look at and release. And as I mentioned last week or the week before, or maybe both, almost everybody I work with has holding in the belly. It's just, it's kind of a repository for the stuff we can't look at. The back, the upper back, the belly, the hips and pelvis, and then sometimes even the legs. Basically, at a certain point, we will store wherever there is space. If you're not able to process something in the moment and it becomes a trauma, it just, yep, there it is in my left shoulder because I just couldn't deal with it. And the good news is the more we do this work, the less we store trauma. And that's why I call this excavation because eventually, like, I'm not, I'm not storing a lot of new trauma now. I'm not saying I'm not storing any, but so as you excavate, like, this is something I was born with. That is why I thought it was part of my body and it was uncomfortable and I didn't like it. So, so some part of me at a very early age began to build this energy around this, this fist, this darkness that I, that I couldn't deal with. Cause you know, as a child, you, what is that? You don't know any of that stuff. And then of course, there's all the cultural programming and the family programming and all of the stuff that fed this little area to get tighter and tighter and tighter. This self-hatred, no one loves you. No one really cares about you. You're not important. All of those little thoughts are coming from this tight, angry fist in my belly. And so we can work whatever it is in your belly. It might be experienced in a different way, but there is something in there that is scary. That's why I call it the cave. It's a scary place to go into. So we're gonna go into the cave. We we've done that a few weeks in a row. Absolutely, you don't have to have done that before, but I highly recommend going back and kind of doing these meditations in order or doing whichever one calls to you the most at that moment in time. I think what we're gonna do today is spend some time releasing density. And 
We're not going to get into the trauma of it. That's one of the reasons I love energy work. Sometimes we don't need to know what the trauma is or where it came from. We can just ask the energy to release. Sometimes we do. So if things come up for you, just know that you may need help. We always need help with trauma healing. I see people who help me with my trauma healing because it's important to have somebody hold space and allow you to feel safe enough to do that release work. I do it on my own a lot now, but there's nothing like being held, being having somebody hold that space for you so that you can really allow yourself to be vulnerable and let this stuff go. So we're just going to do a little bit of kind of releasing of that energetic density in the belly. And then we're just going to call in some beautiful love and light. So let's meditate together. So for this meditation, find a comfortable position. You can lie down, you can sit up, whatever feels good to you here. Just make sure you feel supported and safe. If you're sitting up, make sure that you have something maybe supporting your back. If you're lying down, you might want to put something under your knees. We're going to be working with our belly in this meditation. So you want to have access to your belly with your hands, if at all possible. So if it's easier to reach your belly sitting up, then you might want to do that. If you feel comfortable lying on your back and reaching your belly that way, whatever feels good to you is great. So let's start as we almost always do with three deep oxytocin breaths. We're going to breathe in through the nose. Strongly let your belly float out here. Don't worry about holding it in. A lot of us have, have pulled our bellies in for so long we don't remember what it's like to really let them relax. So you really want to let your belly pooch out here as you breathe in through the nose. Then as you sigh out through the mouth, you're going to use an audible ha sound from high to low. That vibrates actually the laryngeal something nerve I just learned, but that in turn vibrates the vagus nerve and helps tell the body that you're safe, that it can come out of that fight, flight, freeze mode and into rest and digest. So taking a nice deep breath through the nose, sighing it out. You might notice as you do that, that some tension melts out of your body right away. Let's do that at least two more times. Maybe let's do that five or six more times. You might slowly begin to move your body as you do this. If you're holding some tension, let's say in your neck and shoulders, just gently moving the neck and shoulders, gently shrugging. We're not doing stretching here. We're not doing real exercise. It's just kind of letting some energy move through the body in, in the form of movement as we breathe. And then coming still, remember that you can use that oxytocin breath at any point in this meditation. If you have emotions coming up, it's great to use that breath to help them move through. Let that flow freely. If you're dealing with some tension or fear, the oxytocin breath can really help bring you out of that state. So we're going to start by putting our hands on our belly. And I actually want you to gently rub your belly back and forth with the palms of your hands. So we're not putting any pressure on the belly here. This is just like a very gentle, you're not pushing down to your muscles. It's just like you're resting your hands on your skin. 
and you're just rubbing back and forth. We're just bringing our awareness to the belly. We're bringing our awareness to the fact that the belly even exists. A lot of times we're in the headspace so much that we forget about the lower part of our body. And we're starting just kind of going back and forth. You can do one hand at a time if that feels better. You can do two hands together. Just going back and forth. We're going to do a few different motions here. So starting back and forth. Again, one hand at a time if it feels good. You can kind of bring each hand across the front of your belly as a unit or you can cross them, whatever feels good. Just kind of stimulating both awareness here and a little bit of blood flow. Now let's do a nice clockwise motion around the belly. This helps aid in digestion. Again, we're not pushing, we're just rubbing the belly gently. So going from right to left across the top of the belly and then down left to right at the bottom of the belly like a big clock on your belly. And then just allow your hands to come still. You might notice that they've really heated up. That's the friction, but that's also the energy starting to flow. So just rest your hands somewhere on your belly. It might be most comfortable to rest on the lower belly, or you could put a hand one above the other, one in the upper part, one in the lower part. This beautiful energy that we've stirred up, we just want to direct it at the belly now. Again, you might notice that your hands have heated up. That's that energy flowing. That beautiful love and light. So while we just let ourselves give some energy to the belly here, let's allow the top of the head, the crown chakra to open. Just imagine that beautiful love and light flowing in through the top of your head, golden, white, purple light, whatever feels good to you. Let it come through the top of the head, through the brain, through the face and the jaw, into the neck and the throat. Let this beautiful energy come down your shoulders, through the arms, into your hands, and then of course into your belly as you've got your hands resting on your beautiful belly. Allow this beautiful love and light to flow into your chest and upper back. Let it come into the mid back and that upper part of the belly. Let it come into your low back and the lower part of your belly. Down into your hips and your pelvis. Let this beautiful love and light flow down each thigh to your knees. Down the lower legs all the way through your ankles and feet. Connecting you to the earth here. And then just taking a moment to invite that beautiful, rich support of earth energy to come back up through your feet, up through the lower legs, up to the knees, through the thighs, through the hips and pelvis, and into the belly. Today we're going to focus on allowing that rich earth energy to mingle with this spiritual love and light in the belly. And you might be drawn again to kind of move your hands around your belly as this energy mingles. That's fine. You don't need to do that. You can just allow your hands to rest on the belly. And now bring your awareness inside the belly into this cave. And your first thought might be, I'm not sure what's there. Or this looks dark. It feels a little scary or foreboding. So right away, just put a little headlamp on. Maybe get yourself a torch or a flashlight. As you come down into this cave and you look around, you might notice that it's actually quite beautiful. There's maybe some rock formations, 
Maybe you find a beautiful pool of water. Maybe you've done this work with me before and you come into a full party. You've got ancestors in this place. They've got the fire roaring for you. This might be the first time you've ever come here and you might feel a little bit unsure and that's fine. You can take this really slow. The first thing I suggest is that if it's not already there, light yourself a fire in the middle of this cave, in the middle of your belly. So it seems less dark, it seems less scary when there's some light. And notice that it feels really cozy in here. It might feel kind of uncomfortable, it might feel new, but there's something really cozy about being in this space. The fire is going, so it's warming up. There's light, maybe you see the beautiful shadow play on the walls. Maybe you even hear some music. Maybe you invite someone in here with you, invite an ancestor, invite a spirit guide, invite someone who's passed on, a beloved pet. Just create yourself a little nesting space here. So maybe you put some benches around this fire. Maybe you've got a big cozy couch and it's a fireplace. Whatever feels good to you, this is your space. So intuitively furnish this as you are called to. We want to see that this space is welcoming, that it's not as scary as it might seem. That once we add a glow to the darkness, we notice that this is actually a retreat. This is actually a healing space. We're going to step into a little bit of sound. What I'm going to do here is just assist you in releasing any density from the space. So let's set the intention together out loud if possible. I easily will, I easily release density from my solar plexus and sacral chakras. I easily release density from my cave. I easily release density from my belly. We are high, Allowing this frequency, allowing this energy that I'm sending through this transmission to bring a sense of lightness to your cave. Maybe your fire is getting bigger. Maybe you're just seeing more of this space instead of being kind of just in a little circle in the center of it. Start to notice how vast this is. Start to let this light kind of shine out from the center of your belly. Just dissipating some of that density. Nothing to do here in terms of deeper work. We're just inviting anything that's ready to be released to release releasing that density and once more affirm with me out loud 
I easily release density from my belly. I easily release density from my cave. I lovingly and easily release density from my solar plexus and sacral chakras. And now from this cozy space, from this well-lit space, allow the light to grow even brighter. Invite that beautiful love and light to flow down through the head, down through the chest, into the belly. Sending this universal life force energy, this Reiki, this unconditional love fully into the belly. Let yourself really occupy this space energetically as much as you can and know that you can come back to this as often as you'd like. I'm assisting you with Reiki through this transmission, sending energy into your belly, calling in this light, calling in this love. And let's step into some sound too assist in this process as well. Feeling that light grow and grow, releasing any density, just keeping that in mind. I easily release density from my belly. affirm with me out loud if possible. I invite unconditional love and light into my belly. I invite deep self-love into my belly. I recognize the truth of my spiritual identity even in the depths of my belly. I know I am loved. I know I am love. I know I am light. Spending a few last moments in this space, knowing you can come back anytime you like to repeat this, just really letting this light fully occupy your entire belly, all the way down to your hips, to your pelvis, through that sacral area, through the sex organs, through the navel, right behind your belly button, that solar plexus area, all the way up just under the rib cage. Just see this glowing light here now, like a beautiful sun shining from this core of your being. This energetic anchor to your physical body here in the solar plexus, shining brightly, feeling you in this physical realm. Take a few more deep breaths, 
sigh them out using that beautiful audible ha sound if it feels good to you. For the last few moments here, just sending as much love and light through your hands into your belly as you can, and then slowly just allowing the hands to release, letting go of this practice. As you're ready, just very slowly begin to wiggle your feet, wiggle your fingers. If you're in a place where it's safe to do so and you'd like to drift off to sleep, now would be a great time to do that. As you're coming back to the rest of your day or evening, just slowly moving your fingers and your hands, maybe moving your head and neck a little bit or shrugging your shoulders. This would be a great time if you're seated to do some gentle hip rolls, torso rolls, just moving laterally in a circle around the hips, letting your rib cage rotate. You can go either direction, but do go both. So start one direction, then move the other direction, just distributing this beautiful energy we just called into this cave, letting it occupy all parts of the belly. And then finally taking one more nice deep breath, giving yourself some gratitude for being present for this practice. Satnam. The truth of your identity is that you deserve to carry light in all parts of your body because you are a being of light and love. Take one more deep breath if it feels good. Do a little bit more movement as needed. And as you're ready, you can open your eyes. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a luminescent rest of your day and week. And I will see you next week for Wind Down Wednesdays.